0: Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church podcast. If you have any questions about CFA Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you would walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Enjoy the podcast. I want to preach, I want to preach a word today uh, that I've entitled this. Building, building a rock-solid life in a sandcastle world building a rock-solid life in in a sandcastle world. And so I need you to fast-forward with me on the other side of this pandemic, because we are going to get on the other side. Come on, say amen. This too shall pass. I I don't understand everything about the book of Revelation, but this is not how this thing ends. So I want you to fast-forward, and I want you to see yourself on the beach. I mean, I mean, even if you're not a beach person, even if you prefer the mountains, I need you to see yourself on the beach. And, and, and I want you to just imagine that you're playing with your kids or your grandkids or a niece or a nephew or, or, or some neighbor kids that you stole from the blanket next to you and they're playing and, and you're building a sandcastle. And, and if you've ever done this with kids on the beach, you know that there's a perfect area on the beach to build a sandcastle. And there, so there's a line. There's a sandcastle line. Because if you go too far forward towards the water, then the sand is just all soupy and it won't stick together. And, and if you get too far back, then what happens is it's, it's hot back there, number one. Number two, you become what I call the water runner. Adam, I don't know if you've ever been the water runner with Raven and Benton on the beach, but they're building and you just got a bucket and you're just going, oh, that's all you're doing. That's all you're doing. You're just carrying water back and forth. There's a, there's a line. There's a line that's that perfect line. It's kind of that tide line and it fluctuates through the day, but you're building where it's perfect packing sand, right? Where it's that perfect packing sand is where, where you're building this. And then what happens is you build the sand castle and the, star, the, the tide starts to, to come in. And so Maddie Jo's uh, in, in the sand there. And, and what you have to do is the tide comes in because she spent a lot of time on this, right? or at least you guys did and she gets the enjoyment of it. But, but your, your, your children, they spend a lot of time and then you move, you move into another role, you become, you become the moat digger. Come on, you become, the tide's coming in and you're like, and you just start digging, digging that moat and digging that moat and trying to divert the water. And here's what, here's what I know, no matter how good of a sandcastle builder you are, No matter how good of a moat digger you are, here's what I've found is that if something is built out of sand, I'm telling you, the water wins every time. In fact, even if you built the sandcastle like way back on the beach, right, the the next day, the next day, either you have the machines that have come through or a storm that has come through. And so there is no structure in a normal circumstance that is made out of sand that survives a storm. What I wanna do is, I wanna go to the Word of God today, and I wanna read you a passage. These are the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 7. Hey, listen, maybe you're just joining us for the first time. Maybe you're like, man, I don't even know a lot about the Bible or, or, or this church thing. He stumbled across us. Here's what we believe. We believe that God speaks to us today. And I know you might be like, I don't know about all that. But we really believe that because he loves us, that God speaks to us, and he doesn't stop speaking during times of crisis, that his voice actually wants to pour his love into us. And the best way, he speaks to us in a Multitude of ways, but one of the best ways that God speaks to us is through His Word, 66 books, the Old Testament and the New Testament, and they form what we call the Word of God or the Bible. And we're going to go to Matthew. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There's four books called the Gospels, and they talk about the life and the teachings of Jesus while he was on this earth. So Jesus in Matthew chapter five had just got done uh, preaching uh, one of his most famous sermons. It's called the Sermon on the Mount, and he continues in Matthew chapter 7, and and he says this. So I want to walk back here as I read this, and he's telling them a parable. A parable is this. It's a a story, but there's more to the story. There's a meaning behind the story, and there's metaphors in there, and there's imagery, and so Jesus is, is telling this story, and he says this. And everyone who hears these words of mine, by the, oh, by, by, by the way, let me, let me throw this in because these uh, little numbers there, those are verses. And uh, you're gonna notice that it goes from verse 26 and then I back, I'm, I'm going back. So I'm actually reading without changing the meaning here. What, what I'm doing is I'm reading the second part first and then the first part second, but it doesn't change the meaning. So these are the words of Jesus. He says, anyone who hears these words of mine And does not do them will be like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Here's what you have to understand. If you're a believer, if you're a child of God, sometimes in the Bible, the children of God get protected from the storm. Storm, but sometimes the children of God, we walk through the same storms. The rain falls on the unjust and it falls on the just. And just because, here's what somebody needs to know, is just because the rain has fallen on you doesn't mean that you're out of God's will. Sometimes the rain falls. But what we are seeing, church, What we're seeing, and it's unprecedented. Corey, you talked about this in a Facebook post a couple weeks ago. What we're seeing—it's not that our world has not experienced crisis before; it's that we haven't all experienced the exact same crisis at the same time. And so, what we're seeing—what we're seeing—is things that we thought were safe, things that we thought were sure, things that we thought were secure. And this storm is coming. The storm is coming, and the. The things that we have put our faith in and our hope in and our trust in are crumbling before our eyes. And we're realizing that we have built a sandcastle world. We built a sandcastle world. That in a couple of days, the economy has crumbled before our eyes. It's a sandcastle world that our entire entertainment industry and sports industry is collapsing before us. As we built a sandcastle world, we realized that our, in many instances, our jobs and our businesses and all of this stuff that we built is sand. And now we're dealing with all the emotions of this because I thought, Justin, I thought it was secure, but it's sand. I I thought I had my retirement plan, but it was sand. I, I thought my business was okay, but it's sand. And I just wanna teach through this passage. And I wanna talk about that during this time, don't waste a crisis. Last week I preached part one. If you missed it, you can go back and catch that on our YouTube channel or on Facebook or one of our outlets there. But I preached, don't waste a crisis. And I want to follow that up with don't waste a crisis part two. Because there are things that we can learn in this season that I'm telling you. We will get through this season, and God can make us better because of it. So just several things that I want to walk through in the application of the words of Jesus. Let's, let's walk through some things in our life that we all deal with. Time right? How we spend our time. That has been, that has been radically altered, right? You're now homeschooling. You're now, you're now, and in, in you're, the way that you spend your time is radically different today than the way that you spent your time a couple of weeks ago. And let me just ask you this, is how you spend your time built on rock or sand. I've heard, I've heard several people talk about this and and they've used this term, and, and, and I, I think there's truth in it, that what we're experiencing in many ways is kind of like a forced Sabbath, a forced Sabbath. So uh, uh, what, what God did when he created this earth is he created the earth in six days and then on the seventh day, he rested. And so he put in laws when he created the earth, patterns and cycles that if we follow those laws, we live under blessing. If we don't follow those laws, we live under a curse, not because God's uh, angry at us, just because if you, if you disobey the law, you reap the consequences of the law. And, and so, so watch this. I think this will explain it. If you defy the law of gravity, Right? Gra- gravity is a law. It's not, Gravity is not uh, God loves me or God doesn't love me. God, le- gravity is just a, a law of the universe. And so if you walk off a cliff and fall 17 feet and break your arm, it's not God is mad at me, God, God's, God's disappointed in me. It's no, you went against a law. Of this earth and you're dealing with the consequences of that law. So the Sabbath is a law. There's cycles every seventh day. Work, 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 work. I don't know how many times I said that but pretend it was six. And, and we're supposed to rest on the seventh day. Um, not only the seventh day but the seventh year. There's cycles to this. So, so uh, let me, let me uh, read this in the book of Exodus. This is how God set up the, the cycle of work Um, And the pattern of work, you have six years to plant your fields and harvest your crops. And when the seventh year arrives, let your land rest." Let the poor and the hungry among you come and harvest the volunteer crops that spring up in your fields. By the way, let me pause here. God is always concerned in every season. God is always concerned for the poor, for the oppressed, for the under-resourced. And I'm so thankful CFA, our dream center, uh, Center City, their partnership with Urban Promise, just different things like that, that we are able to provide food to those in need. Please keep giving, keep serving, keep being world changers. I'm so proud of you and thank you for doing that and it says do the same thing with your vineyards and your olive groves you have six days to work and when the seventh day arrives stop all the work so that your ox and your donkey can rest and people have a chance to relax and catch their breath so I want you to I want you to see what's happening this is this is crazy right we have built we have built six six days there's a rock and you can work Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday but Sunday biblically now because we're in the New Testament is a day of rest and what have we done we have built an economy that for decades has not rested and we're putting columns here and shocker the I mean this is this is crazy it took about two days for the global economy to collapse collapse because we violated god's sabbath rest we have to understand we have to understand and we have to learn from this Um, one of the things that i think is really important to do in in good preaching is to answer the uh, i call it the ybh the ybh is like yeah yeah but how Right? Yeah, but how. So so I'm preaching to you, we gotta rest. We've gotta we're we're taking we're in a forced Sabbath. We're we're shutting down businesses and and, and I'm, I'm spending time with my family and all it and, and it's, you're like, Yeah, Pastor, we gotta do that, we gotta rest and then it's it's yeah, yeah, but how? Yeah, but how? And I want to encourage you uh, this Wednesday night in our deeper service. So we're going to be live from Pastor John's living room. And we're going to walk through a lot of the practice of how to do that, how to Sabbath. But can we just take an opportunity to evaluate, like, how am I spending my time? How, how am I spending my time? So, And then in our finances, our finances, are your finances built on rock or sand? So during this cycle, during this Sabbath cycle, work for six days, rest on the seventh. Work six years, the first six years. And then this is crazy. Can you imagine an economy that is like this? What if you got the whole seventh year off? That'd be all right. That's That's not a bad vacation. Work six years, seventh year off. That's not too bad. Every seventh, do you know that God actually designed the economy in the Old Testament to work like that? They took, we couldn't take two days off and the whole thing collapsed. Israel took the seventh year off every seven years. So the seventh year Sabbath is about rest and then two, two other rare, really important things. It's about saving and getting out of debt. Saving and getting out of debt. So you can read this in Exodus uh, 23. You can read about this in Deuteronomy chapter 15, 1 through 11. Saving, resting, saving, and getting out of debt. Because then during that seventh year, they had to save enough during the sixth year to provide for the seventh year. And then during that seventh year, all those who were in debt were released from that debt. Think about this. I want you to think about this. If you were completely out of debt right now, just, just dream, dream this dream with me right now. If you didn't owe another human being on this planet a single red cent, if your mortgage was paid for, Pastor Doug, that's impossible. No, 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 just dream. It's, it is possible. If your mortgage was paid for, if you didn't owe the, uh, American Express anything, if you didn't owe a, a dime on your car and you had savings to get you through six months, would you be sleeping a little bit better? I think the answer we can all say is, is yes, right? And um Here's, here's what I want, here's what I don't want, and then here's what I want. This message cannot come across as like, uh, you should have listened, right? Or, or, or shame on you for not doing these things. But again, I want you to imagine on the other side of this, because hear me, we're gonna get through this. That's the good news. Here's the bad news. It's gonna happen again. It's gonna happen again. I don't know what it's gonna be, I don't know if it's going to be a war. I don't know if another uh, terrorist attack is going to happen. I don't know if the housing bubble is going to burst or a student loan bubble is going to burst or there's going to be another pandemic. But hear me, church, it's it's going to happen again. The Bible says in Revelation, there there are things get worse. Like we experience these things, right? And so the next time this happens, will you have made the necessary adjustments in your life today so that when it happens again, you're ready and you're more prepared? I want to, again, we're going to walk through a lot more practice of this on Wednesday. We'll have people, uh, small business owners, you can submit Q&A. And we're just going to dive into this and get really practical of how you can arrange your finances during this time to get out of debt. But let me give you one quick way. After this message, go to DaveRamsey.com start. DaveRamsey.com start. You can take a little self-assessment and then listen, use this time. Uh, I, I, lo- I love the way people are spending some of this time. They're, they're taking courses online or they're learning to speak Spanish or, or play the flute. or I mean, I don't know that they're doing that, but maybe, maybe they are. But you see all these free courses, right, that are offered. What if you took what if you took this fourth Sabbath to, to go through financial peace university and then and then let me talk about emotions. emotions we're we're all there right we're all we're all there have not have not our emotions just been uh kind of on this roller coaster right moment moments of faith moments of fear moments of praise moments of anxiety and if you're experiencing those things please know that you are not alone like the people on we're we're with you the pre the preachers are with you i know we're we're preaching faith and we believe it but but here's the thing our emotions sometimes say different things and and here's what here's what i want here's what i want us all to understand is this we have to remind our emotions That there is not a COVID-19 clause in the word of God. And here's here's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like, uh, let me use this as an example. Let me use your home insurance as an example. So you've been paying into your home insurance for 15 years. You never needed it, but you've been paying in. Hey, if I ever need this, if a a hailstorm comes through, my roof is covered. And then let's just say a year and a half ago in North Carolina, which is where we're located here at our broadcast location uh, in North Carolina. But let's say in North Carolina a year and a half ago, two remnants of hurricanes come in back to back and we get a record amount of rain in about a month's time period. And the floors in your basement or the floors or you had a roof leak or something something like that and you've got to tear up your floor and redo the floor in your house and you call your insurance company because you've been paying into it and you've been believing, you've been building your life on that, on that, at least your, your house, maybe not your life, but you've been building the well-being of your home of paying into that. And your insurance company says something like this, oh, I'm sorry, there's a, there's a clause in your contract that doesn't cover flood damage. There's a clause in your contract that doesn't cover flood damage. And I think if we're not careful, we can read the word of God like there's a clause in there that says the promise was good yesterday, but it's not good today. It's not good during COVID-19. And I need somebody to know that there is no clause in your Bible, that the promise that was good in your life yesterday is good today. The promise that you built your family on that was good five months ago is good today. The promise that you stood Good on when you were singing that worship song in 2019. That promise is good today. And then this. Finally, our life. Our life. This is the most important thing. Is your life built on the rock? Is your life built on the rock or is it built on the sand? And I want to read that scripture verse that Jesus talked about. I want to read it one more time. In Matthew chapter 7, and it says this, and the rain Fell And the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall. It did not fall because it was founded on the rock. It was founded on the rock. I got to tell you this. I've never been so excited to preach about one letter. I got to preach about one letter. I want you to notice that word rock. Put, put that scripture up again, guys, if it's not up. It was founded on the rock. And I want you to notice something so cool about that word. Is that, is that it's singular. It's singular, meaning it's not plural. Meaning that there are not multiple rocks that you just have to choose the right one. And if I choose the right stock and I build my life upon that right stock, then, then I'm not going to fall. Or if I just would have chosen the right career and if I would have built my life on, I chose the wrong rock. No, there's not, hear me, somebody's going to get this and it's going to change, it's going to change your life. There are not multiple rocks, there's one rock. There's one rock and I got to tell you that the person that originally preached this passage was talking about himself because the rock is Jesus. The rock is Je- There's not multiple rocks. There's not the multiple rock of Muhammad. There's not the, the rock of positive emotions and positive thinking. That if we build our life on the rock, the teachings and the words and the death and life and resurrection of Jesus Christ, then even though the storms come, and they will. And even though the rains fall and they will, and even though the winds are blowing and they're beating against you, if you will choose to build your life upon that rock that we sang about earlier, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, if you're there today and you would say, Pastor, I've built my life on sandcastles. and I thought my job was secure, but now I'm not sure. And I thought my 401k was secure, and now I'm not sure. And I thought all of these things, and I've built a sandcastle life. But today, I want to build my life on something that is rock solid, that is going to stand on the other side of this crisis. If that's you, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Meet it in your heart. Come on, everybody in every living room, in every gathering, I want you to repeat this out loud. And some of you are going to mean this for the first time. And it's going to change your life. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me for building my life on things that wash away. But I choose today to build my life on the rock. Jesus, I accept you into my life and into my heart so that I can live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to my purpose. In Jesus' name. Now, I want you to stand. I want you to go ahead and stand. You're not going to want to click off. Give me just a couple more moments. I want to read you some scriptures. This is for every believer and everybody, and every new believer because there's people that just prayed that prayer for the first time. And I want to say welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. But the Bible says that this is the promises, these are the promises that we can have when we choose to build our life upon the rock that according to 1 Samuel chapter two, no one is holy like the Lord. There's no one beside you. There's There's no rock like our God. In Exodus chapter 17, I will stand before you on the rock at Mount Sinai. Strike the rock and water will come gushing out. See, there's provision. In the rock. In Numbers chapter 24, the Bible says, Your home is secure and your nest is set in the rocks. That your security, there is security in the rock. The Deuteronomy chapter 8, do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions where it was so hot and dry, and he gave you water from the rock. The rock will quench your thirst. Deuteronomy 32. He nourished them with honey from the rock and olive oil from stony ground. There's nourishment in the rock. And then Psalm 18.2 says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. Come on, get ready to receive this, child of God. Get ready to receive this. I'm about to speak something over you. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn, my salvation here's what i see for you believer here's what i see i see you on the other side of this thing and yes you're wet yes you're drenched yes some things around you that you thought were secure have fallen away but your life is built on a rock you make it so much for joining us here at cfa church it is our deepest hope that you have found the place that you can call home for more information about this community or to find out how you can connect simply head over to cfachurch.com where you can plan a visit right from the website it is our prayer that you will continue to love jesus and change the world god bless you